We are back for season three! Yay! Hello and welcome to No Helmet Required, the original Cedar Cove podcast, in which I, Auntie Karen, and my two friends, Auntie Sarah and Uncle Brian, provide a play-by-play of each and every episode of the original Hallmark dramatic series, Cedar Cove. And with more electric saw! Yeah, I'm sorry, dear listener. There is an electric saw in the background. I can't do anything about it. I hope it's not too loud. We may as well just come out and just, you know, address the elephant in the room. Yeah, my landlord is trying to repair the roof himself. Um, And that's what's happening. But it seems to have quieted down. Yeah, we'll see. We'll break. Okay, Uh, Auntie Sarah, Uncle Brian, would you like to introduce yourselves? Hello, I'm Auntie Sarah, and while we've been on hiatus, I've been watching other TV programs instead of this one, and um, my favorite so far has been on Netflix. Uh, it's a it's a telenovela called Demente Criminal, <laughs> or as translated into English, um, see the thing in in Spanish you have the noun demente. You can call somebody a demente which in English would be translated as, like, demented person. Mm -hmm. And then the criminal is the adjective modifying the demented person. Uh. So it's criminal demented person. Or, like, like a dementia that is criminal, which is amazing. (laughs) Uh, The English translation is criminal mastermind, which does not fit the program at all. It's basically (laughs) a telenovela if, like, the killing were made into a telenovela, it would be this program. Oh. I know, but it's so bad that it's so good. Okay. Because it's set in Miami. Uh. So it's like dark and brooding and they're like police detectives and there's murders and psychopaths, but it's like dun 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 dun. <laughs> nice. And everyone's screaming at each other in Spanish. I love it. it. It really brings down the cortisol in my system. It sounds delightful. I, I'm enjoying yeah. it a lot. <laughs> what about you, Uncle Brian? Well, I, I, I've been watching a lot of Hallmark, of course, because I do, and, and neat things have been happening with that, or whatever. But um, I think what really replaced Cedar Cove in my life for the last year um, was Riverdale. Oh my god. Because yeah. <laughs> they're very similar in a lot of ways. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, I don't see that. Really? No? No? Uh, Forever Cruise. I mean, I think of Eric as a less Ew. ginger Archie. Oh my god, really? No? Why are you doing this to me? I want to continue watching the program. I've only seen season one. I want to watch season two. Uh, all right. Sorry. Archie? Eric? Maybe. I put, a, both... I put a door on your... Yeah, I could eyes. imagine Archie saying that. Really? Archie uh, is really dumb. He's the dumbest. <laughs> he's um, pretty... Yeah, he's, he's super pretty dumb. dumb. He's super dumb. Super he's hot. much hotter than Eric. Though. Yes. Eric doesn't so have much abs, hotter. I don't think. We um, haven't seen hair. Eric without a shirt. No. I but never I... want to see Eric without a shirt. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I mean, just abs. out of curiosity. Yeah. But can we put a bag over his head? <laughs> well, that's what Rebecca did. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of course she did. Of course oh, she did. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Yeah, well, cool. I'm glad you found something to yeah. sort of fill that void. Yeah. 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 I'm Karen. I, too, have been watching Hallmark, and... Um, right now, you guys, uh, 
as we record this, it's July, and now is Christmas in July. I've been watching so much. Have you been watching the Christmas in July? Yes. So I right now I'm in the middle of I have not finished yet, but I'm in the middle of the sweetest Christmas, which came Ooh. out last year with my homegirl Lacey Chabert, <gasps> who looks and sounds like a squirrel. Yes. <laughs> She's so cute. In a cute way. In Sometimes. a cute way. Yeah. yeah. She's like I entered this gingerbread contest, and now my oven is broken, so what am I going to do about my gingerbread contest, because I have to win the money in order to start my own pastry shop. I love that one, and the, oh gosh. Did you see that one? Yeah, the contest is... um, Pretty exciting. Was it cutthroat? <laughs> well, I'm I'm still it's, halfway through the yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't want but, to spoil. I can spoil yeah. it, and I don't want to. All right, no okay. spoilers. Did you, have you watched uh, a Christmas to, a gift to remember or whatever? A gift to remember. I think that's the one that I was talking oh, about. Oh, that the one with the amnesia? Yes, amnesia. I think it's called a gift to remember. Oh, oh nice. She doesn't remember because she has amnesia. No, she makes the guy have amnesia. Oh my god, it's been on a lot lately. So keep okay, your eyes. I'll keep my eyes peeled for it. I like that. Um, one. I did rewatch um, Christmas Under Wraps, which is one of our favorites. <gasps> that's Garland. For you. I know. Brad, Uncle Brian and I love that one. Yeah. It's with Candace Cameron Bure. Yeah. Oh. It's pretty great. It is pretty great. Yeah, it's a good one. Candace Cameron Bure. Yeah. She's an adult now and has a two last names. Full House. Mm-hmm. Fuller House. Fuller House. Yes. <laughs> so we do have a programming note on how to watch Cedar Cove now because unfortunately it is no longer available on the Netflix this is very frustrating, and yeah. part of me sort of feels like we are to blame. Um, <laughs> and I feel like, you know, if we would have worked harder to build an audience no. for this podcast, for this show, like if we'd have quit our jobs, like and everyone sort of thought time. we should have, yeah, yeah. And, and, and went full-time on this, maybe we could have built up enough of... An audience for Cedar Cove no. that Netflix would have felt weird. About. They would have felt obligated. Like they would have felt like, oh, we have to re up this contract. Yeah, this oh, like is a they big... did with the new One Day at a Time. Y- yes. 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 With the Cuban American version of One Day yeah. at a Time, which yeah. I, yeah, I gave them hell about until they renewed that. Yeah. yeah. I guess we should have gotten. Yeah. Uh, so I, oh, but well. water under the bridge. Yeah. Um, it's gone. We're moving so, on. So your options, uh, dear listener, or your option, dear listener, um, is if you go on the YouTube um, and look up Cedar Cove Season 3, you can pay money to the YouTube to subscribe. You can buy individual episodes, or you can get the whole Season 3 for $18. Um, and and I just did that myself um, earlier so- today. <laughs> um, and and I was sort of like, you know, $18. I would have just spent that on, like, food or insurance anyway. That's, so, like, that's why? less than two. <laughs> that is less than two movie tickets. I mean, yeah, it if is. you went to the movies yeah. and you got some Twizzlers that's, or yeah. that's, preferably yeah. Red Vines. Preferably Red Vines, yeah. And maybe, you know. Made in California. A small popcorn. It would be more than eighteen dollars. Oh, it's like ten, twelve hours of entertainment total. More, maybe. Maybe, yeah. No, maybe well, that's yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Um, Only the first episode is extra long. Yeah. Extra oh, long. Extra long. Yeah. So that's that's that might be your option, dear well, listener, or you may choose not to. <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> 
as it, many of you, I think, probably have not been bothered watching. Bothered. I mean, along. part of the whole point of the podcast is that we do the work for you yeah. of watching yes. the show, so you don't actually have to watch it. You will not miss a single detail because we take no. very meticulous that notes. Wait, true. wait, Auntie Karen, could you please tell us how many pages of notes you have for episode one, season three? Oh. <laughs> it's nearing thirteen pages, <laughs> single space. So, speaking of which, we are going to have to do this episode in two parts. This is part one, uh, the G through C story, and then uh, part two will so be the crazy. B and the A story. So this week, we will walk you through our synopsis of Season 3, Episode 1, Hello Again. <laughs> hello? Yeah, I, I can't stop singing uh, songs with hello. I'm stuck in Neil Diamond. Me too! Hello. Hello. Okay. My <laughs> friend, hello. Yeah. yeah. I just called to let you know. You know. <laughs> Maybe it's been crazy. Maybe I'm to blame. Anyway. Yeah. 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 But that song, sadly, is not in the show. No good music in this episode. There's no good music. Is there any good music? No. 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 Um, (laughs) And I'm not sure how Hello Again has anything to do with the plot... Uh, there is one character who returns. That's what I was thinking. But one character is who the returns. Whole episode based on that. Oh, you know what? There is. There are a couple of new characters who Hello. are new to us, but the other characters are sort of yeah. they're reintegrating into the community after being absent for a while. So maybe that has something uh, to do with it. Do but still, it's, it's a stretch. It's what about terrible. the writers? You think the writers are sending us subliminal messages like "Help me, <laughs> hello again, help"? I'm trapped in a cubicle and I haven't eaten or peed in three days. <laughs> the producers won't let me go. <laughs> It's possible. All right, so strap in for part one. We're going to start with the G story. Um, And guys, I was really hoping we wouldn't have to see Ian and Cecilia and their boring ass storyline, but here we are. They're they're horrible. I know. Sorry. There's misery. So Cecilia shows up in Olivia's chambers with the printed out email from Ian. Do you guys terrible? Do you guys remember? With that? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. She looks terrible. Yeah, she really looks... I feel like a lot of... A lot of people look terrible? I feel like a lot of people looked at least a year older um, in this... And, I mean, we're all a year older. True. Actually, the three of us <laughs> since we last visited this show. Almost. You couldn't tell because, Auntie Sarah, you have a youthful glow, and so do you, Uncle Brian. Not Thanks. a line on your face. No, I no. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, I mean, you're lovely. You, you're, you've always been lovely, and you continue to be lovely. You are, but but there are some signs of age on the characters mm. in this show. There are some puffier faces. There's yeah. some wrinklier foreheads. Um, yeah, it feels like it's been more than people are looking hard. Yeah, Ooh. you think it's the lighting, or maybe the producers are abusing all of them. Maybe they're all just fucking tired. They, I think, yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, do, so you, do you guys remember the printed out email from Ian? Yes. <laughs> so Luke had told Ian that Cecilia was pregnant, and then Ian emailed a response to Luke to give to Cecilia, which he then My printed damn. out and brought to her at Moon's. <laughs> it's like because no one knows how <laughs> email works on this show. <laughs> Log on to AOL, print this out, and then hand it to her. 
log on to AOL. I don't mean, I, it's pre-AOL. This is like CompuServe. It's like Prodigy. <laughs> Prodigy. <laughs> Netgear. Oh. <laughs> or maybe Cecilia is too dumb to turn on a computer, or she has a flip phone from 2003. All of these All things. of it. And this was one of the season two cliffhangers. What does the email say? Well, like anyone gives a rat's booty about Ian <laughs> Cecilia and their dumb baby, no and that it's does. probably eating ice cream and wearing a church dress in utero. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now Cecilia is carrying around this printed email, what and she gives shit? it. I know. She just shows it to people on the street. Yeah. She's entered that. She's like, look at what my idiot husband. Read this. Read this email. I'm I'm tortured by so this. So she gives it to Olivia to read, and it says he will, quote, be there for you and the baby, but he still wants a divorce. What? It's, it's great, because Olivia starts reading, and she's like, oh, he says he'll be there. This is great. And Cecilia's like, keep, keep reading. reading. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Cecilia wants Olivia's help in keeping their marriage together. No. Because, you know, she saved them the last time they got divorced. Oh, for the love of Christ. She cries, we all need you. Me, Ian, and my baby. Oh, my God. So what does Olivia do about it? Well, of course, yeah. (laughs) She doesn't say the reasonable thing, which is like, this is none of my business and between the two of you. Although I do think she says, I'm not a marriage counselor. Oh, she, well, Uh, yeah. But then she she didn't mean it. No. She's lying. (laughs) So she calls the vice admiral of something and says something and we don't know what it is. But later, like this is way at the end of the 87 minute episode. Later, Cecilia shows up at Olivia's house to thank her for whatever she did. She is moving to Port Orchard to be closer to Ian's family who want to help out with the baby. They are going to be a family and go to counseling and everything. Oh, my God. And we find out that Olivia sent him, Ian, an email about the importance of forgiveness, and that did the trick. Did somebody have to print that out for him? (laughs) (laughs) The vice admiral. Yeah. Olivia sent it to the vice admiral, and he printed it out. It took a million years to print out. It went on my dot matrix. Yeah. Um, you guys, if only every marriage could be saved by Olivia banging out an electronic missive of platitudes. <laughs> oh my god, how dumb! No, but I, I wrote. I hate what the narrative is doing here. Like, I hate what they did with this and all everything about it. Except, I was just so excited because I think they're gone. This means the end of Ian <laughs> and Cecilia. I so I was to... like, you know what? Everything about this plot was terrible, but. They're gone. Who cares? They're gone. They are gone. Let them be somebody else's nightmare now. Yeah. Instead of each other's. Or they could be each other's. Each other's nightmare. Like off, you know, off my lawn. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like the energy that went into saving this marriage that probably should have been been dead. I mean, like, she got pregnant secretly on purpose. Like, like, you don't. Yeah. Like, get the divorce. Not even anyone on Demente Criminal has done that. Right. Exactly. Wow. That's a bar. Yeah. Yeah. But they're gone. They're gone. I'm pretty sure they're gone. I feel like the cliffhanger was stupid. Yes. And the the resolution was like, Olivia sent an email and now Ian wants to work it out? What? No. What? Somebody threatened him with violence. You think it was a vice admiral? Yeah. Probably. I think it's just super lazy writing, but the well, super lazy writing that got us to where we wanted to I know, now to we be. never have yeah. to see yeah. And you guys, we didn't even have to see Ian. <laughs> no! Yay! I know! It was wonderful. <laughs> that actor was like, screw you people. Yeah. I'm getting off this You line. can't pay me enough. Yeah. I'm going to get 
to a bunch of Hallmark mystery movies where I'm not actually the murderer, but I am a suspect for a while. Right. That's where my career is going. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's what that actor said. Yeah, and yeah. Then he did that. <laughs> he did. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. F story. All right. You guys, we have some new characters that we have to try to care about. Oh, boy. You can't make me. <laughs> I, I spitefully refuse to. Okay. Yeah. Do, you, <laughs> do you remember Roy Sideburn's P.I.? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, he has a daughter, oh, Lynette, uh-huh. who is a physician's assistant and has just moved back to Cedar Cove to, quote, work at the clinic. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. The clinic. The clinic. After a PSA about what a physician's assistant is. Yes. She's, I'm not technically a doctor, I, but I yeah. can prescribe. Right. <laughs> wow. She's so telling like, her dad this. She's explaining this to her dad. And after, like, she's wow. been in, after she's been in PA school for like four years. I mean, it's a, I mean my dad has Fair no enough. idea what I do. Uh-huh. So I could have a similar conversation like that with my dad. But... But then she also seems to actually want to be in the same room with her dad, so that's different. They seem to be. (laughs) My relationship. (laughs) No, they seem to like each other. Yeah. Yeah. So he should probably know those things. So the whole time, um, we realize Roy is pretty distracted, and he's looking out the window at moons. Uh Uh-oh. While his daughter chatters on about her life. Is is, Is he on somebody else's time? We'll, yeah, we'll see. All right. We'll see. Um, Bob Belden shows up just in time to hear the exposition that Lynette is looking for a roommate. She and her friend are renting a large house and need a third young woman to share the rent. <laughs> Muy conveniente. Yeah. She scuttles off to meet someone about renting the room, and Bob, Bob sits down to chat with Roy. Roy is performing his preoccupation with a heavy-handedness that is a bit much even for this show. Yeah. Roy insists everything is fine, but Bob's not having it. You guys know how wise Bob is. Anyway, Roy leaves and Bob ruminates. And then later they are having a moment of intimacy and woodworking. <laughs> Roy, Roy has feathered sideburns. He now. really does. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> what is his deal? They're feathered. They're totally feathered. Uh. Um, Roy swears Bob to secrecy and admits that something is troubling him. Mm-mm. Something he and his wife Corey did before they were married. Huh? And that's it. Okay. We do not know what this thing is they did 30 years ago or why we should care now. Oh, my God. Later, Lynette and Rebecca are unpacking their new house because it turns out Rebecca Jennings Esquire, the ADA, is Lynette's roommate. How about that? This is Yeah. They are both nervous about career stuff. Are they? Lynette starts at the clinic tomorrow, and Rebecca has a meeting with her new boss, the new district attorney. She's gloomy, and Lynette says, let's be positive, and Rebecca is like, stuff it. Take the perky down a notch if we're going to live together. I like her. I mean, a lot of her life choices don't make sense to me. Rebecca? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Lynette is horrible. Lynette is very Pollyanna. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Can't can't handle that. Um, And more on the new DA later. All right. Also, Lynette and Rebecca are going to get a third roommate, and more on this in the B story. Because the lawyer and the... PA. PA. Can't afford. Can't afford to live in Cedar Cove. Yeah. Uh, I mean. What yeah. do I know? Yeah, what do I know? Well, they're women. Oh, they can't live alone because then they turn into Justine talking to mice. Well, they, <laughs> they you know, it's, it's just not conceivable that, you know, they could just have enough money to live on their own. Yeah. Right. Because right? I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I don't either. I, I mean, mean, they did something. Olivia said something like, 
or somebody said something like, that's a big expensive house or whatever. They did say like, something whatever. like, oh, it's oh. a huge house, yeah. but like, also... And you'll be there all by yourself. Yeah, it's like, yeah, she's, she's the ADA. Well, you know, they could have, they could be just starting their careers and not have, and have big student loans. That's oh, possible. Yeah. Maybe, maybe but, the writers are watching Grey's Anatomy. Oh, oh yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> You guys were already at the E-Story. We're just cruising. This, this, the E-Story is terrible. Um, Peggy is at oh Moon's. Oh my god! This story! <laughs> Did it almost give you a stroke? Uh, yes. I have so many things about this story upset me. It's, it's horrendous. So Peggy is at Moon's having a muffin and a warm beverage. <laughs> and she tells him that the fishermen are in a bad way because of all the crazy weather last season. What? <laughs> I don't know. There was some bad weather. The fishermen are suffering. So, is what there a does... toxic algae bloom? Maybe. Maybe Warren's yes. responsible. I don't know. But it's crazy weather. And what does he think of hosting a benefit from them and donating all the food and decorations and providing servers? Whoa. And the plucky music starts up so you know this is supposed to be delightful. But it's not. Oh, it's awful. This is not cute at all. No. Peggy clearly has nothing to do. And she's a totally different character. I know she's like she's a different. It person doesn't now. make any sense what's going on here. Like like Attack of the Pod people. Like, uh, she just went from being like level headed and thoughtful to just being like and like having a job and a purpose in life and like focus to being yeah. like some like weird whiny ugh. socialite housewife of Seattle or weird something. yeah weird and has nothing to do and. So he starts stupid plans. Yeah, he starts to say no, and Peggy says, "You and I both know you can afford it." Moon is secretly rich. Yeah, Moon is secretly loaded, and Moon replies, "But I don't want anyone else to know that." (gasps) What? So somehow Moon has like tons of money somewhere, and Peggy knows, but she doesn't want other people to know. I wanted more of that. This is a ridiculous side story. Maybe we'll learn more about that later. She basically says, but it's for a good cause. She does. that's how you get anyone to do anything on this show. Yes. He says he'll think about it, and she twinkles. Oh, my God. So, Moon finally agrees to do the fundraiser, and Peggy gets pretty manic talking about serving lobster. Later, she bounces back in to tell Moon the town council approved it, but it has to happen in three days. They banter. He wants to keep it simple. She's already told everyone lobster. And she, like, starts... She's like... Everyone loves lobster. It'll be so special. And I told everyone there'd be lobster. And he's like, I don't want to do lobster. And then she, like, starts crying. Wow. Oh, um, like, so like, weird. she's not... She's terrible now. She's not Peggy. Yeah. What Barbara, happened to Peggy? Heaven, what oh. happened to your character? I know. Who made this choice? Who did this? Um... Anyway, he quote, he quotes Thoreau about fritting, frittering one's life away on details. And then she pouts. Because there's no lobster. Um... <sighs> Yeah. It, this episode is so many minutes long, and all of these E-Story minutes are excruciating. Yes. Back at Moon's, Peggy is auditioning bands for the shindig, which prompts some grumpy obtuseness from Moon. They have a tiff over her enthusiasm and his curmudgeon demeanor, and she storms off teary in just... Yeah, this is so out of character. Yeah, like, she's... <sighs> And, like, she's crying. She's manic. Like, that was a great she's word manic. that she picked. Like, I wrote in my notes, is Peggy on drugs? Is this meth? Like, yeah. does she have a meth is, thing happening? Is or is it, like, a hormone thing? Like, she's going through yeah. the change, and so she's 
on some different medications that aren't agreeing with her. I don't know what's mm. happening, but it is so weird. Um, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and then back at the time in Tide, she has another, she gets more manic, during which she decides she's catering the benefit herself. Wow. And so pots are steaming, and Peggy is chopping away and trying to get some help from Bob when he declares he's on strike. <sighs> and she's all, you don't have a union. There's some lighthearted staccato playing in the background, so this is, like, supposed to be humorous. No. But it's not, because she's clearly in the grip of some sort of mental illness or, like, <laughs> chemical imbalance clearly. or something. Clearly. And mood disorder. Something is very wrong with Peggy, and no one notices. Yeah. And then Bob is at Moon's complaining that he has two important people in his life just trying to do right by the fishermen, and they're both stubborn as mules. Bob pressures Moon to come back to working on the benefit and get him the heck out of the kitchen. Because, uh, yeah, Bob doesn't belong Because men there. don't belong in kitchens. Yeah. Apparently it doesn't work because next we see him in an apron shucking clams. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually funny. Then Bob moseys over to the Cedar Chronicle, uh, the Cedar Cove Chronicle hiding from Peggy. And Jack, here we see Jack. This is just a little little salt in the in the E story. We'll hear more about Jack later, of course. But Jack tells him about his relapse. You remember, dear listener, that um, yeah. Jack was drinking in the finale of season two and Olivia caught him. And, you know, hallucinating entire human beings. That yes. too. That too. I thought this was some fine acting. Oh. This was some, this Ab- was clearly the best acting of this episode. But Absolutely. I thought Dylan Neal did a really good job here. He Friend nailed it. Friend of the podcast. Yeah. I, yeah, that moment, that was a good scene. Bob tells him it's okay to make mistakes. It's how you respond. You have to forgive yourself. Jack says, I'm a work in progress. And I agree with Uncle Brian. Dylan Neal was very convincing in this scene. I I felt emotions. I did too. Yeah. I liked it. I did too. And then Peggy shows up at Moon's with a bunch of volunteers to apologize to Moon and offer a bunch of help preparing for the stupid benefit. He says he's sorry too. And they all celebrate the hard work montage they're about to participate in. Why is he sorry? Because he was being obtuse and... I don't know, because he's a millionaire and... Doesn't want to give money to the fishermen. The how fishermen is this, need us. But how is it a benefit if Moon's just buying a bunch of lobster for people? Like, then the people have to pay money. They have to sell tickets. They have to sell tickets? They could charge more for the tickets if they were giving lobster. Yeah. Oh, okay. So but then, lobster then, is not cheap. Right. And so, also, as Moon pointed out, not native to the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah, that was good. Oh, so he'd have so to get it flown in. fly them in. Yeah. Oh, God. Weird. It's so stupid. Who cares? I mean, if everyone in town is just going to, like, help the fishermen because it's the right thing to do, like, That's... do they need to eat lobster to no. do it? Like, Wait, like, like why, can't they just, why can't they just go door to door with pancakes. a coffee? Yeah. With a coffee can. That's, yeah. that's what they do at my fire station. They have pancake breakfast once a year. Super cheap. Yeah. yeah. Oh, super cheap. And then and then it's all profit. Yeah. 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 Peggy. I don't know what Peggy. What? I don't know. That, well, so the whole thing's a contrivance because later in the episode, there's going to actually be the benefit at which many of these storylines temporarily wrap up. Yes. So, you know, you have to, like, get ready for this event. But it's really dumb. And there are only, like, 20 people at the benefit. I know. It's... <laughs> No one is there except most our main character, like our plots. I know, they couldn't afford any extras for the... They spent all the money on lobster. On lobster. (laughs) Other other grilled items. Um, Okay, well, whew. All right, so those are the the worst storylines. 
And we're going to move on to the D story. D story. D story, which is kind of a bunch of stories woven together, but they're all sort of loosely centered around Grace and Cliff. Um, back at the ranch, Cliff is putting away a horse and turns to find Grace standing there with her arms crossed. Uh-oh. Um, if you remember, we finished off uh, season two with Grace uh, watching Cliff and his ranch hand, Alex, who is female, guys, yeah. at a distance of misunderstanding, as Uncle yeah. Brian put it. <laughs> In a and Def Leppard music video. Exactly. Sammy Hager. Oh, Sammy Hager. <laughs> yeah. I believe was your point. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That was yours. Um, <laughs> and nothing, and they haven't had any conversation about that since then. Until just now. I guess. I would like to point out, there was an aerial shot of Cliff's Ranch before Ooh. they went into the barn. Here. Oh, I missed that. There were some aerial shots in this. I mean, like they were stock footage, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Um, but they did some aerial establishing shots of different buildings in Cedar Cove in Whoa. this episode. Yeah, so they're mixing that up a little. Nice. Including one I hope we'll talk about later of Olivia's house. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I Good got things eye. to say about that. Good eye. Yeah. Um, anything interesting about the ranch? No, it looked like a barn and a barn. Was there a cabin on the edge? No, you couldn't. We could not see the murder cabin. You didn't get to see oh, the no murder, murder cabin? cabin. No, no murder cabin. Um. Well, anyway, Grace is standing there with her arms crossed. He says he tried to call last night. Uh oh. She says she was with Olivia. More on that in the A story. If you remember last time we saw Grace and Cliff, he had just won the bull riding contest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And had a moment of chemistry with Alex. That's short for Alexandra. Because she's a woman. Smoking hot assistant. She yeah. wears shorts. She Daisy Dukes. She does wear <laughs> shorts. Yeah. And um, Grace says she's not cool with how things are with Alex. And she's not cool? She's not cool with it. Oh, my she's God. She's not cool. And Cliff tries to reassure her that he doesn't have feelings for anyone but Grace. She says there's nothing he can say. He says that's okay. He's not much for talking. Oh, boy. Uh, oh. She starts to storm off, but then he drops to one knee, pulls a ring out of nowhere, no. and says, this isn't how I planned it, but it's always been you. I love you, Grace. Will you marry me? Act of desperation. She chokes, <laughs> and of course the scene ends because we can never see a full conversation on this show. So, it's probably not how he planned it, At but all. really, chances are, like, with how often... She's angry at him and about to storm off. Like, this is how it was always going to happen in some situation, right? Like, she was, they were never going to have a full conversation where he got to do a romantic proposal. Like, she was always just going to be angry. Like, on the edge of, I'm over this and it's not worth it. Yeah. Her hair in this episode, um, I like. Um, oh, go ahead. In, in my notes, I, th- I said Tweety Bird. <gasps> yeah. Um, oh, I can see it. Yeah. It's a little Perfectly. longer. Yeah. Or shaggier. Shaggier. Yeah. Messier. Makes her head look round. Very round. <laughs> like a light bulb. Tweety Bird. <laughs> Tweety Bird. Um, yeah, Tweety Bird. I, yeah, I can see that. Why did he have the ring in his pocket? I was wondering the, the same thing. Is that conceivable that he just had the ring in his pocket? I mean, he's literally putting away a horse. Yeah. He doesn't expect to see her. No. He turns around, she's there, and then he just happens to have it in his pocket? Why is he going to propose to a horse? It's clear, <laughs> it's clear that he never had a plan in the first place, that he was just walking around with this thing in his pocket, like, um, you know, just going to jump on. Improv troop style. Improv <laughs> troop waiting, style. Waiting for the magic moment for her to say, 
whatever it was that he was imagining she was going to say that was I'm going to storm off him. unless you propose to me. Well, and then he'd be yeah. like, well, you know what? I've got a ring right here. Yeah. And yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. I'm going to propose to you. <laughs> and then she, and then, you know, she, she was not able to say yes. Hence cut scene. Well, so well, really we'll see. Well, we'll see. For now. For and now, we for still now. don't know uh, what she says because in the next scene, it's Cliff uh, confronting Alex about that kiss she planted on him when he won the bull riding took contest. took him that long, huh? Yeah. He says, I love Grace. There can't be anything between us. She offers to quit and move out, but he's like, no, 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 no need for that. But she says it will be good for her to get away from cowboys for a while. She's going back to that Sammy Hagar video she Yes, yeah, she is. Uh-huh. <laughs> she looks older. She looks different. And, yeah, I wasn't clear it was the same actress, but it probably is. Right? It is. No, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, no, it like is. Like five years have passed. Yeah, she looks quite different. Yeah. Life is hard in a Sammy Hagar video. Yeah. Well, that's the truth. Yeah. yeah. So... This is another thing I don't know quite where to put. I guess Jack is sort of popping up into other people's storylines. But Alex and Jack run into each other at an AA meeting. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and they chit-chat and decide to get coffee. There's, like, flirtiness. Yeah, but I don't think it's meant to be romantic because he immediately refers to Olivia as his girlfriend at the outset, which I think people don't do if they... Want to flirt with someone? If they really... If there's any... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but maybe they're just going to talk about AA and shit. Who knows? Later, Alex is at Moon's going through the Help Wanted ads. She tells Moon she was a trader on Wall Street before ranch life. Excuse me? Uh-huh. No. I'm sorry. And that she went to Columbia and Wharton. What? Yes. No! Yes! yes. She- what kind of make-believe life is this? I I had so many thoughts about this. <laughs> One like like how she just sort of like spouts off her resume like that, right? Like but the other thing is how for a show that like prides itself on like down home values and local is best, how much they go out of the way to find strong yeah. elite credentials yep. for a lot of the characters. Uh, yeah. right? Olivia Gale. and Gale over uh, and over yeah. again, how we have to keep hearing that, right? Um, and now this. Like, there's a way in which they really... Yeah, it's really strange. It's Wharton really strange. and Columbia. You've got to be kidding me. I know, right? What is this ridiculousness? So someone, someone made it through those two schools and then decided that she... And then was a trader, crazy, yeah. and then so decided crazy. she wanted to go. You know work what? I on really a ranch. Do? I just want to be a ranch hand. And then there's no like mention of it to anyone ever. Like it just comes out of nowhere at a coffee shop while looking through the want ads. Yeah. Yeah. Super weird. I mean, she is an alcoholic, so maybe like that. Maybe that her life trading drove her, it was her... hard, and it drove her to drink, and she Good did connection. something. She stole some money or something. <gasps> Or blue, a big tray. Yeah. Um, And then decided to, like, go to horse video shoot, like, video modeling. But then horse Horse training. Horse training. Yeah. But now she wants back in. Right. Because she's done with cowboys. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, guess who overhears this but Father Saget? 
who we are going to You're gonna hear like more story. about. Um, he is intrigued, probably by her boobs and shiny hair, as much as her resume. His first name is Buck, guys. No. Buck Saget. He's not a real person. Yeah, he says, don't look for a job. Make the job look for you. What? Is this the most privileged thing you've ever yep. heard? <laughs> she did go to Morton. Yeah. Columbia. Yeah. Um, I'll give you free advice right now, Father Saget says. They sit down to coffee, and we will pick this up again in the C story. Crazy. When we will officially meet Father Saget. Okay. Next, uh, we see Grace meeting up with Olivia at Moons and announcing that she is engaged. What? Yeah. Um, but she's not wearing the ring yet because she's not quite ready. But she did say yes, so I guess this is happening eventually. This is a very complicated, but yet very typical of Grace. Yeah. To be like, yes, but I'm not going to put the ring on yet. But yes, but it's complicated. But not that much. Not really. But yeah, I just need to take my time. No, mm-hmm. you don't, Grace. You're either engaged or you're not. I'm sorry. Right? You tell her. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Olivia's reaction. like, that ring goes on your finger. But Grace reveals that she's not sure she wants to get married, but she couldn't say no. Oh, boy. So we're back here to Grace being paralyzed and, able, and unable to communicate when it really matters. Uh-huh. That's our girl. That's Grace. <laughs> Tweety Bird. Tweety Grace. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Makes okay. Tired. I know. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just going to apologize about this next part. Um, I didn't know where else to put it, but it has to do with Grace, so I'll pop it in here. Is this the town manager? Yes. This was, I. I was interested in this story. Well, it, didn't, it didn't thrill you? I was exhausted by it. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll see what happens. All right, I'll try and throw I'd, some energy in. Yeah. I'd like to get on board with you. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bob shows up at the library with a muffin for Grace saying he needs a favor. But the scene ends before we know what it is. But <laughs> later we find out that he is offering her the job of town manager. He is apparently the head of the town council and is thus Since authorized no. to fill the position. Since they rebooted the entire political structure of this town of Cedar Cove. Totally, which yeah. They just did Since Bob and Peggy are like different people now. Okay. Yes. Um, and so not is a mayor anymore. And so is Alex. But yeah. there's no mayor anymore. Well, I mean, yeah, or if the mayor, mayor, there is a mayor, there's a ceremonial mayor. One right. doesn't, it doesn't have any power. do anything. Um, um, that's not how the mayor used to be. So it's no pay and a lot of work. And Grace would be great at it. Everyone loves her, and she's a born leader. He flatters her hard, saying, it's the year of Grace. Oh, my God. And she accepts. But Grace? She, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Grace then goes to Olivia's chambers to talk to her about it, saying she doesn't even know what the town manager does. And she didn't even vote in the last election. I know. Because she's Grace. Yeah. She's that woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. She is that woman. Thanks. And then she complains about everything. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> She didn't vote, but she can complain. Olivia launches into encyclopedic job description, to which Grace Grace replies, how do you know everything? Yeah. Olivia simpers, and that's that. I hope this town manager business is going somewhere because it is boring as hell. <laughs> 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 Maybe Uncle Brian disagrees. I, I okay. this was fascinating. Okay, but guess what? When Grace goes to spruce up her new town manager office, the old town manager, Norman, what? shows up chuckling, saying... What are you doing in my office? What? She's all, you retired. And he's all, who told you that? And it's awkward and it's so stupid. How did Bob not fire Norman? No yeah. one told No one Norman told Norman that, that he, he was wasn't. That is the retired. dumbest yeah. thing. So the scene ends uh, because it's Grace and she never gets to finish a conversation. Yes. But later she confronts Bob about it and he's like, Norman's a terrible manager. Can you get him to leave and make it seem like it's his idea? <laughs> 
So What's I, wrong with these people? I wrote in my notes, what kind of political intrigue has Grace gotten herself caught up in? Did Bob orchestrate a coup? And yeah. then, in that next scene where she confronts Bob, she's like, is, is this, this a, a coup? coup? Yeah. Like, she uses the word coup. Am I, am I um, an idiot that's been drawn into your political I know. Coup? Yeah. And... And and then Bob's like, well, Norman's so bad at his job. He ordered Christmas. He ordered Santa and reindeer for the 4th of July parade. Um, oh, and then Grace has some joke like, oh, that explains that terrible parade. But I just was like, what? why? Like, Norman That's what the town manager does? Christmas. Costumes for the Fourth of July storyline. It's so dumb. Unless this, is, unless this is some like joke about Hallmark Channel and how they like have Christmas in July, right? Oh, maybe it's um, super meta and it's yeah. like smarter than all of us. Maybe. Who but, has like, the patience it's, for this? It's just not. It doesn't make believable. any sense. Why no. would Grace keep agreeing to any of this? I don't understand. Like, she didn't want this job. She didn't know this job existed, and then she finds out to do this job, she has to. Like, get rid of Norman. Get How? Rid of Norman. Is she going to battle him, like, on the dock? Is She's she going to smother him? him. Yeah. Um, Some, so, well, Bob slinks away and Grace has no boundaries. Uh, Are they going to have to, like, is this going to be like a, like a, like a, like a Mayan or Aztec ritual where they have to do the ball game in the court and one of them has to die? I hope so. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. I'm okay so, with that. Grace shows up at Olivia's with a pie and she says it's a bribe for advice. As if Olivia ever needed a bribe to give advice. <laughs> exactly. Basically what she lives and for. And then they have that horrible, like, fat competition thing where, like, Olivia's oh. like, I only want half a pie or and half a slice. Half a piece. And, and Grace is like, how do you have, how can you only eat half? And then she's like, oh, the pie's really good. Never mind. I'll have the whole piece. And then Grace is like, great. I want to give you more calories. Yeah. What? Like, oh, gosh. Shut so up. Dumb. So These terrible. people and their food stuff. Yeah. It's food stuff is terrible. The food stuff is terrible. Um, so Olivia's like, just talk to him. And Grace is like, wow. So Grace, <laughs> Grace takes Olivia's advice. I still don't know how that's going to solve anything. But Norman tells her he can't give up this job because it's saving his marriage because his wife doesn't want him around since he retired. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. No, we're serious. No, that's what, yeah. Is this a Mad Lib? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll be back to Norman in a bit. But um, back at Moon's, our least favorite polygamous cult leader. Warren Jeffs! Olivia's Good for nothing brother Will Jeffers shows up. Hello again. Hello, Will Hello. Jeffers. <laughs> <laughs> Moon says something to him about being an unwanted boomerang penny that just keeps showing up. Well, I loved it. And Will didn't get it. And then Moon had to like explain what a bad penny is. Yeah, I um, know. I I loved it too. It was great. It was good. But then he still bought coffee. I know. Like if somebody called me a bad penny and then said I didn't. Warren, Warren Jeffs does not give a shit. You would never go back to that Starbucks again. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You wouldn't even get within 30 feet of it. I wouldn't. It's true. <laughs> this actually happened, dude. This actually happened to Uncle Brian. I had a very rude experience at a Starbucks oh. with a very rude employee and I don't ever go back to that good anywhere near it. Yeah, which is fine because it makes me feel good because I, I yeah. didn't feel good about going to that Starbucks anyway. That's how I feel about a bad experience that I had a gas station once. I don't go back to that gas station. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. They can, yeah. They can, they can kiss my ass. 
Yes. Yeah. It's like Justine and Olivia and the lake. You just don't go back there. <laughs> you, just, you know, yeah. when we talked, when we had that conversation with Cousin Caitlin, and, ever, and there was ex- some surprise expressed that those people would never go anywhere near that lake, I didn't say anything, but deep inside me, I was like, I would avoid that lake for the rest of my life, and I would happily <laughs> yeah. drive extra time around it to never go back to it. Like, I get it. And I would do that for much less Traumatic. Getting yelled at by the manager of a Starbucks. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm trying to think if there's any place other than that gas station where I had a rude, condescending conversation with a person behind the counter who treated me like an idiot woman. I hope not. Chainsaw noise. Yeah. For emphasis. Mm -hmm. I can't think of any other places that I've. Uh, that's not true. What about, um, um, Soho? Um, I don't go back to Soho. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's, there's some other, pla- and like San Francisco generally, but only, I'll go to some places in San Francisco, but. Oh. oh. Okay. We may have a longer conversation, you know. Yeah. Sorry. Off, off, off pod. Off, off pod. Off yeah. pod. Um, off pod. Uh, so you guys, no one wants this. Uncle. Auntie, did we want any more Will Jeffers? No. No. Who thought this was a good idea? Why is he back? What's he doing? What genie in a lamp does that actor have to make them put him on this show? Evil genie. I don't know. I mean, evil gin in a lamp. He needs to go back to murder mysteries and being the murderer. Yes, he does. That's where he belongs. Nobody wanted him. After that same B-roll of the car with the surfboard, (laughs) Will shows up at the courthouse to greet Olivia and tell her that he is staying at their mother Charlotte's house while she is on her forever cruise or kidnapped in the Everglades or wherever she is. is. But they mentioned Cape Cod. Chained, oh, they did. She's somewhere in Cape Cod. Chained to a radiator in Cape Cod. Which is maybe what the, the red-headed lady said in the postcards. <laughs> when oh. she wrote the fake postcards, she and the alligators are, I'm having the best time ever summering in Cape Cod. Probably. Yeah, yeah. that's what she did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had the time of my life. <gasps> oh, no, she would did. have it any other way in the Adirondacks. I was going to say, she's in a Jewish summer camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that just came into my head, yeah. but... She yeah. would be great at that camp, actually. Oh my god, she would she love it. a really good time. Love it. Family camp. Yeah. Um, the Catskills, absolutely. She and Jerry Orbach. Oh. <gasps> oh, they dance every night. Rest in peace. Yeah. Our favorite Jerry. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's a tie with yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine Jerry. Yeah. And with Jerry Blank. Jerry Blank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Will's divorce is final and he needs some time to recover and where better to do it than skulking around Cedar Cove where no one likes him and no one wants him. Perfect. (laughs) He's also super rich now. How? He took a leave of absence from work and in the divorce he got stocks and stuff, quote unquote. Liquidated some stocks and now he has a bunch of money or. So he can not work. Wow. He sounds like a real worthless piece of crap. He falls up. (laughs) I'll give him that. Yeah. True. Alright. Um, Grace is then walking down Main Street when she runs into Alex with a new haircut, by the way, and a new professional wardrobe. Alex lets her know that she got a new job with Saget Development and again reassures her that she's sorry about causing friction with Cliff. She Grace said, this is like Eric 2.0. I know. Grace is like, okay, cool, whatever. As Alex walks away, what the, what's the point of that scene? Um, our least favorite good for nothing silver fox comes up behind Grace and places no. his hands over her eyes. Ew. Saying, Don't touch people. Guess, Don't touch people. Guess who? 
Ew. And she, she knows. Gross. Ew. I know. Gross. She's not happy to see him, but we don't know what she says, if anything, because the scene ends. Dumb. But this is not the most important thing on Grace's mind. It's Norman, the town manager. Yes. Uh She goes to Bob to ask for help, but we don't know what is said because that is the entire scene. Yeah. (laughs) Finally, 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 we see Grace and Cliff having a warm beverage on the front porch. And I'm wondering if Cliff got his face resurfaced or if he's wearing a lot of makeup or what. (gasps) It's it's quite round, too. Uh There's more to his face than used to be. Do you think that he's had plastic surgery or fillers? Maybe fillers. Maybe. I don't... I don't know. Also, his... um, Maybe he's on steroids. His hair is very clearly dyed a reddish brown that is monochrome and unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. He was cuter before. He was. He was a cute man. I think he's, like, trying to hold on to youth in an unfortunate way. But he's he's got the whole rugged thing going for him. Why is he he messing with the rugged? He doesn't need youth, right? Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. He could age in a very distinguished way. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't we see Cliff's breath if it's summer in Cedar Park? (laughs) Oh well, my I god! About <laughs> like, sure, there was steam coming off the coffee cups, fine. But then, like his breath, we could see his breath. Oh my god! If it's it right. summer, it's in a cold cedar snap. Cup. Yeah, it's a cold something. Yeah. <laughs> Microclimate. Yeah. <laughs> Microclimate. Very cold on, on the walk <laughs> on Grace's porch. <laughs> the other thing that upset me about the scene was how Grace deprecated her librarian job. Aww. Like this made me really yeah. upset. She's like. He'd said something like, why do you even want to be town manager or something? And she's like, well, because that, I could do something real instead of just figuring out who the hot new author is every month or well, the best new author is every month. And I was I'm like, sorry, that's an awesome job. Yeah, I think that's a much preferable job yeah. than any shit to, than yeah. to be like buying costumes for the 4th of July parade. Yeah, come on. Yeah, like, really. Town manager? That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. It sounds awful. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I, I librarian, that's a so noble profession, Grace. Absolutely. It truly is. It truly <sighs> is. It. Well, she's about to share that her ex-crush, Will Jeffers, is back in town. But Cliff beats her to it, saying he ran into him on the street and didn't even punch him. He says, Will has nothing to do with us. Then he asks if she still has his ring, and she says it's in her purse. And he says, he's looking forward to seeing it on her hand when she's ready. I think I left it on in, in a dish next to my toilet. <laughs> well, that's probably that's even probably safer than in her purse. Place in her purse. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Just walking around with it in her purse. He's long suffering. He's yeah. patient. Yes. I mean, I don't understand why he's waiting a million years for her. Yeah. Because he could I don't, do so much better at this she's point. She's not treating Alex him went very to well. Columbia and Wharton. I know. And she was in videos. She's uh, and she was in videos. <laughs> she was a video girl. She okay. Was a video girl, like. Um, mm-hmm. I. They have some things in common. Yeah. Horses. 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 Sammy Hager. I don't know, Grace. Yeah, you're blowing it, Grace. You're blowing it. Yeah, she really. You've is. been blowing it for like uh, more than a season now. Yes. yes. It's been a while. Okay, guys. It's the sea story. Okay, this is there's a lot of different stuff happening here. I just sort of put it all together. Is this where the Eric and the Saget? Yeah, it's it's Saget. Kind of of exciting. Okay, so the sea story opens with a busted up Eric walking on some asphalt (laughs) next to a chain link fence. If you remember, dear listener, in the last episode, he walked into a warehouse and was greeted ominously by Dick Turnbull, and we were all pretty sure he was about to be murdered. Yeah. No such luck, though. He is still very much alive. And his eyes are still googling. 
and his yeah. mouth doesn't close. He's locked in a room. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll Which get is, oh, yeah, sorry. and th- that's a little flashback thing, right? Or is that happening uh, right? Th- I don't remember. Anyways, I don't either. Okay. Um, oh no, he is locked in a room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. An FBI agent and Rebecca Jennings Esquire bust open the door to his makeshift cell, and he, very googly eyed, puts his hands up in a gesture of compliance. They yeah, so they saved him. him. And I wrote Rebecca my notes, went with the FBI agent. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? Yeah. Why, was, Rebecca? why did they let her come? I was kind of hoping that he'd spend the rest of his life like facing a corner of a room with his hands <laughs> over his head. Counting slowly from five million to one, <laughs> but he keeps getting tripped up at like four million nine hundred eighty-six thousand, and then he'd have to start yeah. all over again. They do sort of explain in the next scene when he's talking, like in the FBI office, why she's there because the agent says something like, um, "Yeah, like no one gave a shit about it." <laughs> Does it give a shit about no, nobody no. noticed? Uh, we cut to a police station in Seattle where Rebecca is notifying Jack that Eric is roughed up but okay. Jack asks to talk to him and they exchange reassurance that everything is fine. <laughs> Eric is going to talk to the FBI and then Rebecca is going to take him home. So uh, why Rebecca, didn't yeah. why didn't Dick Turnbull just kill Eric and dispose of the body? Yeah. Uh, this seems like a very bad loose end. I was rooting for it. Yeah. But I like how, and Rebecca describes Eric as, quote unquote, more shaken than hurt. Like he was a yeah. toddler. <laughs> more shaken <laughs> than hurt. Fell over. Oh, that's well, great. He oh. was just more shaken than hurt. Yeah. Oh my more God. More surprised yeah. than scared. More yeah. surprised than actually in pain. Yeah. yeah. More stunned than hurt. And yeah. he'll be fine. Um, so Eric, Eric and Jack say, I love you and hang up. I think, is this the first time we've heard them say, I love you Probably. <sighs> yes. Yeah. I feel like it is. Oh, it you takes him die, being you. kidnapped and Jack not realizing he was gone. <laughs> to actually get their deep feelings out, I Yeah, guess. probably. Um, um, as Eric is signing his statement, we see Dick Turnbull being escorted down the hall, fettered in manacles. Manacles. The, the agent tells Eric that Rebecca saved his life because he was missing and no one cared except her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How pathetic. That was one of my favorite yeah. moments. She looks pretty self-satisfied with all her harassing of federal agents. <sighs> oh, my God. Then we see Warren in a short, fluffy, white robe on a hotel bed surrounded by platters of room service, <laughs> telling someone on the phone that their investment is safe and not to worry. <laughs> he licks his fingers as he hangs up the phone, looking completely unharried. I love him. The cat that ate the cream. Yeah. Yeah. And the canary. And the canary, yes. And, and yeah. the fluffy robe. Yes. The cat that ate the fluffy robe. <laughs> the proverbial cat that ate the fluffy robe. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, yeah, I know. That was yeah. But then we see Warren actually hasn't gone very far because he's for some reason walking down Main Street in a baseball hat and sunglasses <laughs> when Eric passed him. I know. <laughs> Warren's like, well, you, art sm- you outsmarted Dick Turnbull. I underestimated you. I guess you do have more than a room temperature IQ. Holy shit. That's a good line. I love I know. That. And you could tell Brent Elliott had such a fun time yes. with that line. Yeah. Then Warren says, you're fired. <laughs> they argue about who tried to kill him. Oh my and God. then Warren walks into his office and says something like, daddy's home. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he says daddy's home. He also has that line, right, where he says to Eric, um, it's like poker. If 
he, when you sit down at a table and you, if after 15 minutes oh. you can't figure out who's the patsy, you're the patsy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, Eric, the you're the patsy. So I guess clearing out the safe and staying in the hotel was just until Dick Turnbull was safely in the hands of the feds. I there guess. You go. I yeah. guess, yeah. So Eric is moving back in with Jack because Warren fired him from his position as sex slave and he doesn't get to live in that sweet suburban house anymore. Yeah. Shelly drops in to tell him that she got a new job at an accounting firm, and they are relocating her to Oklahoma, what? and she needs his permission to take Adele de Jordan out of state. Oh, yeah. He's like, you just expect me to give up my daughter that I never visit or take care of in any way whatsoever? <laughs> Angry Muppet Brown. And she's like, look, I'm going, and if I have to go to court to get full custody, that will be pretty easy because I have a lawyer, and, and you're well, look at you. Yeah, no one cared. Her Wait, lawyer is going to flay him alive. Yeah, she cites his lack of appointment, uh, employment, living with his dad who is drinking again, yep. working for a criminal. Yep. And Eric's like, whoa, my dad's drinking again? <laughs> She's like, yeah, and that's an unstable environment for Adele Dead Jordan. So you can imagine what this is setting us up for, right? Eric blaming his dad, Jack, for drinking and making him lose his daughter and ruining so everything. Dumb. Conveniently leaving out... The Every, other reasons yeah. that the lawyer Every would be able single to paint him yeah. yeah, right. Working the for a criminal. Working for and, the criminal. Yeah, totally. Having a IQ. Yeah. <laughs> he confronts Jack, who says he slipped and he's back on track. But Eric says, she's got some lawyer who's going to use your slip-up to take my baby away. <laughs> he's terrible. He's the worst. Yes. <laughs> um, speaking of the criminal Eric was working for... <laughs> Warren walks into his own office to find his dad sitting in his chair. Father Saget reminds Warren that he actually owns everything and that Warren has been untrustworthy since he was six years old. He says as the majority stockholder, he is exercising his right to take over. Warren's like, no, that's not going to happen. But Father Saget says, you know better than to go to war with me. I know what scares you, and I take no prisoners, family or not. Oh my god, that sounds terrifying. Junior. Junior Buck Saget is awesome. I know. I love Buck I know Saget. what scares you? Yeah, That's I know what really scares scary. you, and I take no prisoners. And we realize why Warren is so deeply fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Later, they are at the captain's galley, and Warren is trying to make nice, but Father Saget is not having it. He hints that Warren may not be the president of Saget Development for long, and then relishes a sip of hard liquor like the evil businessman he is. I love him. I know. Later, Jack shows up at Shelly's aunt's house. Shelly's aunt's house? Yeah, so Shelly had moved to Seattle to move in with her aunt. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. It sort of looks like he just walked in because she's at the fridge getting orange juice, and all of a sudden he's there in her kitchen like a horror movie, telling her not to punish <laughs> Eric because of his drinking. <laughs> this issue is so contrived, like I can't even... Yeah. It's like, what is his drink? Like how you said, what does his drinking have to do with anything? There's all these other reasons why Eric is an unfit father. She's like, taking this job in Oklahoma is the best thing for Adelda Jordan. Yeah. And he grimaces probably because he knows she's right. Yeah. So the next morning, Eric thanks Jack for trying to change Jelly's mind. Jack says, look, I screwed up. I didn't put family first. I don't want you to make the same mistake. It's not clear, though, if he's telling him to fight to keep Shelly here or if he's advising him to move Ooh. to Oklahoma, yeah. which would be awesome. Look at I would the love all that. caps right there in my notes. Is Eric going to move to Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> Please, show. Please. Please. Send Eric to Oklahoma. 
I mean, poor Shelly, she'd be better off without him, but we would all be so much better oh. without him. So much better. Yeah. Back to Warren Saget and Father Saget. So we see them in Olivia's courtroom Uh-oh. as the next case on the docket is Saget versus Saget. It's no. because this municipal court judge is going to decide this like big corporate. Like 15 minutes earlier had a case about somebody suing somebody over not coming to a birthday party. Right. A children's birthday party for the like damages were the cost of a goodie bag. Oh, yeah. Like, boy. We'll get I'm there. I'm making that up. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's in, oh. it's. For some reason, I put that in no, no, no. story A, no. but yeah. But yeah, so now, Stupid. a really complicated corporate law case. Yeah, but she's just going to, you know, look at the bylaws and be like, well, it's very clear. Anyway, <laughs> um, we have no idea what was said in that pointless encounter, because next we find them both back at Saget Development, deep in an exchange during which Father Saget says, it's not personal, it's just business, uh-huh. which is the refrain of every psychopathic robber baron. Yes. Warren accuses him of being bored in retirement, saying, why don't you just play tennis? Why take over my business? <laughs> I like that. Father Saget continues with vague, veiled threats, and we are done here for now. <sighs> but back at the courthouse, Judge Olivia Lockhart is deciding who has control over Saget development. Does this seem like this case is progressing rather quickly? <laughs> Yesterday, Father Saget showed up. And today Same we day decide. he sued him. The next day it's uh, they're in court. And in court, Warren had a lawyer, but there was no one else at Buck Saget's table. So, yeah. like, is he representing himself because in a corporate law matter? He just Buck Saget. He moves fast. Well, okay. She says the articles in cor- of incorporation are clear, and Father Saget is the majority stockholder, and thus can take control of the company Amazing. if he wishes. Wonderful. And That's Warren cool. is silently apoplectic. That's, well, that moved, that escalated. Quickly. Yeah, it just, yeah, it's done. <laughs> and guess what? As we mentioned before in the D story, his first action is to hire Alex. Yeah. When Warren shows up and finds her there, he tries to get her to make him coffee. <laughs> <laughs> she puts one hand on her hip and says, I'm not your assistant. I'm your new chief financial officer. Whoa. Yeah. And then does she it, makes fun of his coffee order. And then she makes fun oh. of his coffee order. Do you, does it seem to you like... They were just done with Alex as a ranch hand, but had more episodes under contract with this actress, and they were just like, um, let's invent a brand new background and just pop her in a completely different storyline. Yeah. So weird. Warren is speechless, and then she tells him, you can go. Amazing. Yeah. Father Saget and Warren have words over it. He says he he hired her to clean up the mess Warren made, and basically he has to do what she says. I have high hopes for this. Like, I feel like... It could be kind of... Rebecca cool. Jennings seemed like they were going to have her be like the woman yeah, who could stand the up ball to buster. And, yeah, and like teach Warren mm-hmm. some lessons, and then that didn't that go didn't anywhere. Work. No, um, but so I, yeah, I believe in in Alex. Yeah, this could do she, something. This, this, this might do. This yeah. might do. Yeah. Back to Eric. Okay, Eric meets Shelley on the dock, <gasps> saying that he will sign the papers, but he is going with her. Oh my god! He's like. I wasn't invited, but no, he doesn't say that, but he should have. I know I wasn't invited, yeah. but I'm coming with you. Praise baby Jesus. Oh. We might get rid of Eric once and for all. He says he has nothing keeping him in Cedar Cove. That's right. Nothing. Nothing. No one. Fuck you, Dad. Not us. Um, <laughs> and he wants to go with her and be the father he never had. Oh, boy. For some reason, Shelly is pleased, and they hug. 
I don't... Okay. Well, this poor woman. I know. She's she's playing the long game here. I hope so. I hope so, too. I don't care. I don't care. Like, what they did in this episode to Ian and Cecilia and Eric and Shelley was wonderful. It's like clearing of narrative deadwood. Like, it's just like... I mean, then then they filled it with some terrible stories that we don't care about. um, Yeah. Like, new characters and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I love what the writers did here. Yeah, Yeah. let's just get rid of these characters that nobody likes. Yeah. I like Shelley, but, you know. But she... She always comes with Eric. So if we get rid of Eric, then we get rid of her, too. Yeah. Yeah. And she was not good in this episode. No, she wasn't. She was terrible. Like, she's... Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Well, guys, this is the end of part one, so please join us for our next episode, which is part two of the season premiere of season three. Yay! Yay!